DMs. Have you ever felt like banishing a player to the Astral Sea for insisting your rule interpretation was bogus? Players, have you ever felt frustrated that a 19 on a perception check only tells you that there may or may not be something there? Clockwork soul sorcerers, tired of everyone constantly asking you for the time? Then this is the podcast for you. Where we take a hard look at the rules of the game, the reality of the table, and the role of the dice to solve D&D's most heated arguments. This is Raw and Order. Dum dum dum! Well, hey everyone, welcome back to episode 16 of, well, I guess not back, welcome to episode 16 of <laughs> Welcome back Order. to Raw and Order. Well, welcome back to, okay, listen, I had, I will explain, I had a long <laughs> weekend, but um, we just wanted to uh, give a little statement first, um, for a number of reasons, both Anna and I aren't able to fully comment on a lot of what's going on right now. With, um, you know, of course, the conviction of Derek Chauvin mm-hmm. and um, just a lot of these incidents that are occurring and have been occurring for a very long time, well before George Floyd and will unfortunately likely continue well after this. But we just wanted to say that um, we see you all. We we we're aware we are. We have been aware. We we hope that things will change. And, um, yeah, we, we unfortunately just for complicated reasons dealing with our employment and the situation that we're in, we're just not able to comment on that more, but, um, you know, from, from me personally, Joe, just Joe black lives matter. And yeah, that's, uh, hit us up privately individually. If you'd like to know our individual thoughts outside of this medium. Yeah. Um, um I, I feel the same way, but yeah, just yeah. from a personal perspective, I have a lot of opinions. Um and I for like Joe said, for multiple reasons, I don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about them in a public forum, but uh Black Lives Matter. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah. I'm glad to be part of such an amazing community like yes. the TTRPG community on Twitter that is diverse and has diverse views and opinions and su- is supportive and fights for equality. And yeah, I'm so is, thrilled that is we're inclusive in like the very best ways. So absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's an honor to be part of this community. And yeah, uh, yeah our Twitter verse is like just, they're so amazing. They're so like supportive and yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Okay, so let's transition this weekend. We're, we're <laughs> recording this at the end of the weekend. Normally, we record it earlier in the week. I'm exhausted. Joe, Joe, have... tell us about your weekend because <laughs> you, I like, I, I'm sitting here and I played one game this weekend, and I'm so tired. Like, I'm just so tired. <laughs> but I can't even imagine what you're going through. So why don't you tell our listeners what your weekend was like? Yeah, I played 17 hours of D and D this weekend. <laughs> Which is great, right? Like, like I loved it, but 
I also don't really sleep that well. <laughs> so oh like, my gosh. I woke up both on Saturday and Sunday. And, and Saturday I was up at like 4 a.m. On Today I was up at like 4.30. And like, I just can't go back to sleep once I'm awake. I'm like, I'm awake. <laughs> and uh, and so I immediately drink coffee because I'm like, I stay awake, I stay awake. So uh, today I've had two coffees and a Red Bull. Um, Are you a napper? My, my eyes twitching. What? Are you a napper? Uh, like, do you like... Naps. I, I do a kidnap children. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. That's um, exactly what I was asking. Oh, do I take naps? Yeah. Um, I don't. I, I, what? Well, that's not. Sometimes I do, but it's hard. It's really hard for me to nap. I don't know. I'm weird. I'm so weird when it comes to sleep. You know, because. honestly, I feel like that's like a that's like a young adult thing. Like between the ages of like 20 and 50, people people just like don't nap. But then, there are so many 49-year-olds out there who are so thrilled you're referring to them as <laughs> young, young adults. adults. <laughs> and I bet you Canadian Steve is probably uh, also thrilled. Yeah. I think he's in his 40s, right? I think so, yeah. Shout out, Steve. You're a young adult. Young just like adult. Us. <laughs> the Hunger Games was written for you. <laughs> YA fiction. <laughs> He's probably read it. Okay. Yeah, Let's be obviously. honest. Steve's oh my cool. God. Are you team PETA or team gal? I love a good PETA, so I'm going to have to go with team PETA. Bread a hunt. If you, if you have a choice between a hot guy and an adorable guy who makes you bread, you pick the adorable you motherfucker who makes you bread. Bread guy. Absolutely. He makes... He makes bread. Mm-hmm. He makes a bunch of bread and like desserts. Like, I think he's there was amazing. like a he he decorated some cupcakes or something. Was that a probably? Thing? I haven't read that sure. in so long. But you know what? All, yeah. All I know. All I know is that Hondo P. Peter all the way. The one of the reasons why he was able to survive the first game is because when he got injured, he he painted his <laughs> face to match the rocks. And the reason he was so good at it is he because decorated. he was used to decorating cupcakes. Yeah. I want to be like, bitch, you want to compare fucking survivability? Mm-hmm. Sur- not even you were like you were in like full drag. Okay. <laughs> and you want to compare that to putting frosting on motherfucking cupcakes in that poor district you lived in? No, girl. No. No, 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 no. For, for that full coverage foundation, that mud foundation. Okay, we're getting too much into this. God, how long would that have taken? <sighs> anyway, whatever. Not important. He's right. He didn't. <laughs> it's a book. Spoiler alert. No, okay. <laughs> Speaking, okay, I've been on a Viking kick recently, and the only reason why this relates is because the guy who played the the one, remember how there was that one guy from District from District 2 or whatever at the end who like it was the last one alive and he was trying to kill Katniss and Peeta. Yeah. The like blonde guy. Yeah. Yeah. He is in the show Vikings. He's really hot in it. But. Have you watched Norseman? Have we talked about this? No. Oh, that's like a funny one. Yeah. Hilarious. And you absolutely need to watch it. Okay. Maybe I'll watch that next because I've watched the last Vikings. Not funny. I've never watched it. No. God. Oh, Oh, no. Oh, is it gory? Oh, no. I mean, Viking show. <laughs> when your they voice may... reaches that bitch, <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit gory. <laughs> um, listen, they may or may not do this thing where they cut open your back. Oh boy, what? And then your like, back? That's yeah, not where they, all the good bits are. Well, just wait. This is called the Blood Eagle. This is apparently was a real <laughs> thing. 
I know. Oh, so no. it, was, it was a form of torture and murder, but it, like execution. But also there was this thing like you couldn't scream during it or you wouldn't be allowed in Valhalla because Vikings are fucking. Of course. Like, Vikings are like toxic masculinity times a million. Um, <laughs> it's true. So even though they, they were like really progressive in some realms. I mean, but they then were also like lady like, Vikings, weren't there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah just shield maidens and yeah. all that stuff. Uh, well, although I don't, I'm not sure that they were necessarily like, there's well, some. Marvel tells me that the Valkyrie were made up of ladies. So. I mean, well, the Valkyrie are also not real. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, these <laughs> big ladies. Nothing in Marvel flew. is real. <laughs> what was. Okay. Anyway. It's in Thor. Is that what you were asking? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, newsflash Asgard isn't real. What? Thor's not real. What? Oh, at least at least I'm oh. not into he's, North. He's North real in my dreams. Oh honey. Is he Listen, okay, who's name? your favorite of the the, Helm, the, of Hel- the Avengers? Uh, Hemsworth. Oh, I thought you were gonna say of the Hemsworth brothers. Of the Hemsworth. <laughs> There's like four to choose from. <laughs> yeah. Um Is it the Hemsworth brother like what they make fun of in the good place? Like the fourth Hemsworth brother is who Tahani dates? I don't remember. And he's like, probably. I'm the ugly one. Do you remember? <laughs> and he's like, probably still <laughs> hot. He's like super hot. hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that um, so good. Okay. Uh, Favorite which Avenger? Event- I, I'll be honest. I haven't seen all the Avenger movies. <laughs> I know. Whoa. All right, Mariah. Whoa. Getting up there with those whistle tongues. just finished watching them all. <laughs> I um, hadn't watched all of them either. But when you have Disney Plus and you're single... Hey, what you I see. I don't have Disney Plus. Oh. I do want to watch The Mandalorian. I haven't watched that. Okay, it's a Star Wars thing. Yeah. So I'm. Oh. So <laughs> I'm wearing a Star Wars shirt. Okay. Um, I've <laughs> also worn this an shirt. RBG shirt. shirt. <laughs> <gasps> RBG. I've worn this shirt for two days. Anyway. Um, so <laughs> every, every everything is fine. Everything is fine. So um, what was I going to say? Favorite Avenger. Favorite. Okay. How did we? Okay. You know what? I actually kind of, I don't care about the Avengers. What's... <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I'm just going to go with Storm from X-Men. She's not in the Avengers, but she's the what? greatest X-Men ever. Wait, Halle Berry? Not Halle Berry. The character Storm from X-Men oh. who in the cartoon talked like this. I made, it was the most, it was the most racist portrayal, but it like, okay, they have a woman of color in a comic show. So like, great. But like, it was also like, she's like, I call forth the rain and the storms <laughs> to quench the fires. It was like, because she's like from Africa and they just, and she could, you know who Storm is, right? She can control weather. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I knew um, it was Halle Berry. Cause okay. I watched it's, the movie. Did I mention I played 17 hours of D&D this weekend? I'm a little, <laughs> little absent-minded. A little but they always, it. like, you have to just, like, watch the cartoon. They make her say the most, quench the thirst of the deserts like my homeland. And you just, always like, refer me to, like, the weirdest videos with I the know. weirdest voices. You're I will welcome. say this, though. In the original X-Men with, like, Hugh Jackman and Halle mm. Berry. I love that movie. But my favorite line, even though she's not my favorite character, Storm don't, says my very favorite line. Don't say it's the one about Toad. Why wouldn't I? It's that, such a that good is line. The, no, it's, it's, it's the good. worst. That line is categorically the worst line in movie it's cinema the, history. It's the greatest line ever. <laughs> Do you know what happens to a Toad when it gets struck by lightning? The same thing that happens to everything else. 
Come on! <laughs> oh my god. I'm just glad that they didn't make her say, say and the lightning strikes the toad from the forest in my home country. Like, they just, you have to, I'm sure that there's a compilation video on. I'm sure it's on, on Disney Plus, honestly, the cartoon X-Men. Oh my god. Go, you have to, it's such a good cartoon. Oh my god, you have to watch it. It's so good. Except for that portrayal of, that racist oh, portrayal yeah. of Storm. Okay, anyway. What did you do this weekend? Well, we played together Saturday morning, so that was great. It was a good session, very fun. And mm-hmm. then um, I did I did trial prep the rest of the weekend. I was like lawyering <gasps> no. all weekend. It was really oh, sad, no. but I'm excited because right now I'm about to make lamb chops with garlic Ooh. mashed potatoes, and I'm super excited about it. That sounds delish. Yeah, it's gonna be delish. Um, once again, if you're thinking of going to law school, don't. don't. You want to be someone who works all fucking weekend. No, you don't. Okay, great. Don't go to law cool, school. Cool, cool, cool. Don't do it. Go to business school where people, where you like color and shit with crayons. What? That's, that's yeah, like you just make like a bunch of pie charts and shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Bar graph, so pie chart, red oh, and black. Those are literally the only two colors business people have to know. Are we 100%. in the red or are we in the black? That's it. Right. If you're colorblind, sorry, can't do business. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just the that's law. just how you could get those glasses. Have you seen those videos? They always make yeah. me fucking cry. All right, I've never watched one of those videos and not cried. Somebody's <laughs> seeing color for the first time. Listen, that's a big deal. <laughs> I those videos don't make me cry, but they're cool. Why? I don't, I've never cried. I'm ever. I just, I don't have just... tear ducts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm I'm just. Satan's I wonder if spawn. that's a thing. I feel like everything is a thing. Like there's like a, a person out there ducks. that doesn't have tear ducts. Of course I've cried. I've seen, I'm trying to think of something that's made me cry. <laughs> I can't I've think seen of X-Men. Okay. What? Um, I've, well, it's mine. Forrest I've listened Gump. to the, uh, no, that, why would that make me cry? Yeah. Cause she, cause she dies. Who? Uh, Jenny? Yeah. Jenny. I don't give a shit about Jenny. Jenny. Listen, um, if you want... Another, if okay, you, The Notebook, I hated that movie, and it didn't make me cry, so... Okay, well, I would you... <laughs> I don't know. Other people probably found it very news, touching. This is a news flash to all stray people. Gays don't care about your <laughs> Like, if you if we see one of those people die, we're like, oh, that sucks. But, real too, but your life was so fucking easy otherwise, mm-hmm. so why don't you just deal oh, with no, it? Oh, no, two white people live together <laughs> to an old age and then died in the same bed together. That sounds tragic. <laughs> Not. Yeah, you have no sympathy for me, bitch. No. <laughs> okay, you want to know what's tragic? Fucking you're hitting a guy up on Grinder, and you're like, oh, my God, this is we're going to be in a relationship. And then he ghosts you and that bitch don't message you back. That is Stop worth looking crying for over. relationships on Grinder. I I don't. I'm just saying that's sad. I look for them on Tinder. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's where I look too. It's All right. Miserable. I guess. Speaking of speaking of hookups, our guest today. <laughs> what? <laughs> just kidding. Our lovely guest Hawk. So excited! Aww. What a cool name. I well, we can we can we don't have to pretend we didn't meet him. We met him already because yeah, we recorded this. But it was this, it's like, st- he still has a cool name. <laughs> he does. Oh yeah, I'm gonna change my name. I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm gonna be Eagle. eagle. I knew you were gonna say Eagle because you forgot you you didn't finish describing the Eagle torture. 
Oh, let's okay. Let's end on that because this mm-hmm. is just this is a healthy way to end. Okay, so you, the, you kneel down and mm-hmm. someone stands behind you and they rip open, they slice down your basically your spinal cord and they flay it open, and then they take an axe and they hack at your rib cage, and and then they pull your lungs <laughs> like back through like through the back of your ribs and lay them over the remaining ribs, and then you slowly suffocate. You're not dead at that point? No, you're still alive. That's why it's torture. But, like, if they flay your back, don't you just, like, bleed to death? Not immediately. You suffocate first. Isn't that gross? Oh, God. So, Blood Eagle, try it sometime, kids. All right, ready? (laughs) All right, let's go. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. The Honorable Chief Justices Joe and Anna and Associate Justice Hawk of the Supreme Court of D&D. All persons having business before this court are admonished to draw near, give their attention, and plant a tree because it was just Earth Day, for the court is now sitting. (laughs) Yay. Welcome, Hawk. Hi. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. We're so excited to have you here. Yeah, Yay. Sarah. So Sarah, who we had on two episodes ago, yeah, I think so. um, or three. three. Oh, sorry, we three. three now. Yep, three episodes ago um, was talking about you, and then you reached out. So we're so happy to have you here. Well, it, it's great to be here. Sarah is always talking about what a wonderful time she had on. So, yeah, like, I loved having her here. So <laughs> our family is growing. Indeed. Um, so Hawk, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get into D and D and tabletop gaming? Uh, I got into uh, tabletop gaming the same way everyone did. Uh, my father was an incredibly avid TTRPG gamer <laughs> and uh, did not introduce it to me until I bought my own D&D book and begged him to play a game for me. Seriously? What? <laughs> Get your dad on right now. Excuse me, Hawk's dad. You, you withheld this from him? I was like, we got to call Child Protective Services over here because that is... But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I've I've mostly been like I started my DMing career uh, in the way that everybody did. I uh, went onto a forum and ran thirty solo campaigns at the same time. What? What? <laughs> yeah, it was a great time. Oh in my fa- god! Like funny story. That's actually how I met my girlfriend, who I'm currently living with. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I know. And, and she like, was that's awesome. And she was one of two people who actually finished the campaign. So <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, that is a lot of work. I'm running like a handful right now and I'm overwhelmed, so I can't even imagine well, what y- was going through your mind. My well God. when you're well, when you're an unemployed teenager, like it, you don't really have much else to do. You sure. did that as yeah. a teenager? Yeah. I was 17, 18 at the time. Wow. And okay, do you play in D&D with your dad now? Unfortunately, no. His life is just so hectic and busy right now that Aww. we can't really we can't really play. That sucks. I know. It, it My parents does. are so boring. They wouldn't know. <laughs> they don't know what a TTRPG is. They probably think it's I, If I were to go to them and say TTRPG, they'd be like, "What kind of drug is that?" <laughs> Don't don't be taking drugs. Is that, is that one of them millennials messages on the, <laughs> exactly. on the memes? 
I don't is know why they have TikTok? a southern accent in New York, but okay, I Joe. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know why my my New York Italian parents have southern uh, accents, but I, don't. I mean that's my dad. He has no idea what this is, but Joe and I are trying to convince my mom to uh, join us in a campaign Which because be she'd be a blast. <laughs> she should that come in the podcast. Awesome. Anna, she should come in the podcast. We'll have her on. All right. Anna's mom, you gotta come on. Um, well, that is awesome, Hawk. And uh, anything else you want to share with us about you, about what well, you do? Uh, well, right now, I'm aiming to become a professional game master. And part of proving my chops is running the Prism Blade Gaming YouTube channel, where we run live plays and actual plays for anyone to come and enjoy. That's awesome. awesome. That's like my dream. If I didn't have student loans, that is what I would be doing. <laughs> and that's the thing that Sarah is a part of, right? Yes, she is. Yep. She's yeah. one of our she's one of our more prominent members. She's awesome. in all but two of the campaigns we're running right now. So yeah. And you guys just started or will be starting Icewind Dale, right? Uh we just started Icewind Dale. It's honestly shaping up to be really cool. Nice. Yeah, we're Anna and I are playing yeah. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it was, um, it was the first episode, and we've already ticked off Oral, so everything's <laughs> going great. <laughs> um, that's hilarious. So, uh, well, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. Um, so we're gonna jump right in with our cases for today. So the court will hear two cases today. The first case today is. DM versus Storm of Vengeance. Should the effects of the ninth level druid spell, Storm of Vengeance, stack? Do you agree or disagree? And if you think that the effects do stack, does that make it too powerful of a spell? So why don't we maybe start with what um, Storm of Vengeance is? So it's a ninth level spell for uh, honestly, druids. We should have called this case Jeremy Crawford versus, versus me. Versus the people. Versus every versus everyone <laughs> versus okay. literally every druid out there. Right? Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah, because you're basically okay. Versus well, we the can get English into it. language, yeah. Jeremy. Jeremy. So okay, this is a ninth level conjuration spell. May, um, um, it is. May I? Oh, of course. Yeah. Storm of Vengeance, ninth level conjuration. A churning storm cloud forms, centered on a point you can see and spreading to a radius of 360 feet. Lightning flashes in the area, thunder booms, and strong winds roar. Each creature under the cloud, when it, when it appears, must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, a creature takes 2d6 thunder damage and becomes deafened for 5 minutes. The point in question... Each round you maintain concentration on this spell, the storm produces different effects on your turn. Additional effects. Additional effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very important word there. Yeah. So, and then if you look through, if you read the spell, there, there's like acid rain on the next one. There's balls of lightning, hailstones, um, and then uh, f- for rounds five through ten, gusts and freezing rain. Um, so the question is... Does that do all of these things stack one by one, or is it just that for round one you get the first effect, which is um, uh, the thunder damage and deafening? Round two you get the acidic rain, and each one happens separately. So somebody asked Jeremy Crawford this question. Yeah, yes, and he should... he did come back with an answer, and his tweet said, "In the spell Storm of Vengeance, each new effect replaces the effects of previous rounds." 
I don't care if he wrote that spell himself. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Oh my god, I love it. Uh, well, okay, Hawk. Why don't we start with you? Because both of you have strong. I love this. Both of you have strong opinions on this. I think I already have the solution because mm. I'm looking at the uh, like limited edition one. The limited edition PHB released after the original one, Ooh. and it says produces different effects. Oh, so they acknowledge Wait. then uh-huh. that it needed to be changed because the word additional has yeah. a definition in the English language yeah. that implies adding, <laughs> not replacing. That is some tricky, tricky, tricky. Mm-hmm. I do not. When is there an errata on this? The printing date of the uh, limited edition copy is October 2018. The original August 2014. So it must have been an errata. But if you just buy the handbook, (laughs) and that's all you have. I guess it would depend on when exactly the handbook was printed. Right. Okay, so I'm looking at the errata right now. Um, So for those who don't know, uh, the errata is basically like the official like corrections to D&D. uh, uh, like to, to the player's handbook and the printed material. And for the most part, I, I rely on these. So if you look at, um, uh, I'll just read it cause we don't have it in front of us. Um, uh, the date on this is, it just says 2020. So it was clearly printed last year, um, from Wizards of the coast on the la- on the very last page, uh, page three, it says storm of vengeance in the second paragraph. Additional effects is now different effects. That's really stupid. <laughs> so I think oh so okay. it depends on what, which one your, your DM I, is using. So yeah. Or which one the player has in front of them, because actually I just looked mine up. I'd only looked it up online and it had said additional, but my, my player's handbook actually says different. Not it additional. does. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to check mine. And I bought mine very recently, so now I'm going to go look at when it was printed. <laughs> what page is that, Anna? It is page 279. here we see the most epic and wonderful part of having a law degree. <laughs> lots and lots of exact it wording and paperwork. Different. It says different. <laughs> and it's horrible. There's nothing glamorous about this. It says different. I feel lied to by Tyler. Mine was printed in 2018. Tyler, you submitted this so. question and lied to me. Just we love you, Tyler. Um, what the hell, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is... I'm now oh. scared to use the app that I use for spells. I know. I, just, I looked additional. it up online and it said additional. And I feel lied to and... and uh, all right, so we know now that there is an errata that fixed this. So question, I guess, for both of you. Different means different, okay? But additional always meant additional. <laughs> well, yeah, so do you guys agree if the wording was still additional, do you think that all of the effects would stack be- or not? I believe that they Hell would. Yes. I don't think it would be as, like, it would be more powerful than any other ninth, ninth level spell. I mean, it's a ninth level. Exactly. The fact that it covers such a wide area is kind of irrelevant unless you're fighting an army, in which case, why aren't you fireballing? Yeah. Yeah, but this is a radius of 360 feet, which is, which is a diameter of, of what, 720 feet? 720. 10 feet? 710 I love feet. that you're looking at me like I have any idea. 
I don't even know which one is which. It's 720. I know. I know <laughs> numbers. Fun. Um, so that is a huge, that is a huge area. Um, so I could see why the, why the damage would be less, but what DM is rolling damage for thousands of people in a war setting Wait, individually? Excuse me. I None. need to roll saving throws for all of the woodland critters that you are casually murdering. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're playing. We're starting this game on a Sunday night. I will finish rolling Tuesday morning, and then we'll uh, we'll go to round we'll go, we'll to, go round to round two, two. in combat. Um, so okay, here's. I'm so upset right now. Like, I'm still not over this. I'm I'm never getting over this. Well, to like, be fair, damn it, Tyler. To be fair, if you make it to round three, then you then people have to do um, a deck save or take 10 D six lightning damage. That is extremely powerful because that is a huge area to do that much damage. So like, it's still a very powerful spell. I could understand why they wouldn't stack cumulatively. However, the way that this spell is worded, I think a second alternative and equally reasonable interpretation, if this said additional instead of different would be that, all of the effects stated in the first paragraph occur. And then for each round, that thing occurs, but doesn't occur the next round. Right. Because it's what it's sure. saying is like, there's an additional effect for each of these rounds, but it's round dependent. So no matter what, you would still do the two D six thunder damage mm-hmm. and, and people would have to make the save or become deafened, but the acid rain would only fall on round two. The lightning would only occur on round three hail on round four. In addition to the thunder, I rather than all of the effects accumulating, I think that would actually be, the best way to sort of split the baby in this scenario, because you're still getting more damage, right? And and you're constantly making people save for that deafened status. And it gives the word additional some meaning that, right. that makes sense. Yeah. Without right. making it just like an insane spell. Right. Um, I will say this. This is my podcast. So my word here is law. <laughs> if I am a DM and any of my characters takes this spell and actually gets to yeah. a level where they can use it, I will use additional. Nice. I won't use yeah. different. Well, now I have to come play in one of your campaigns. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Anna's going to run a level 20 one shot where everyone's Everyone a druid. at level 20. <laughs> everyone's like a moon druid, which I know Joe thinks are like the most powerful things ever. A level 20 moon druid is nearly impossible to kill. <laughs> nearly. We won't even get into it, but... Um, so, so then I guess, are we okay. all in agreement on that? Hawk, do you agree then with different Then yeah. it clearly means like, I would agree different effects, but I also kind of want to do like, like deep calculus here and calculate uh, the da- potential damage of other ninth level spells to see how they stack up. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking yeah. like meteor storm is, is 40 D six. It's. Um, it's 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 four yeah, spheres it's <laughs> with a forty foot radius around them, an eighty foot diameter. That's... So you could hit four spots of eighty feet in diameter. But how, like, and then um, the question becomes like, how many squares is that total? Because ev- like, if you hit every like, if you hit everyone in those squares in the full like s- all four spheres and they're completely full, how many people are you inflicting? 40d6 damage too because then you could directly compare that to, to the potential damage of a three of a s- 720 diameter cloud 
and how many True. squares are in there that could, yeah. Okay, this is getting too, is too <laughs> much math. I, I can't even remember which one's diameter and which one's circumference, you guys. I, we didn't say circumference. We said radius. I know. What's the radius? What is that? Oh is that the across and, uh, or around? Just That's the busting down stereotypes left and right. I love yep. it. <laughs> I know. Um, Bringing shame upon the family name. <laughs> I mean, when you when you consider that, like you can literally you cast the wish spell and basically wish for anything. Um, I mean, oh my god! With, with some I limitations, cast, I like, cast wish to replicate the effects of Storm of Vengeance with the additional writing. <laughs> <laughs> can we just rewind really fast and go back to when Hawk was reading that spell? And how we got a little window into that DM voice that was really uh, do, you want, do you want me to read the, the rest of the spell? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's, no. It's too long. It a, it's too long it of a very spell. exciting DM um, voice. But yeah, me, Meteor Swarm does twenty d six of fire damage and twenty d six of bludgeoning damage. So that is a crazy That's spell. So much. Yeah, but I think okay. I think we've settled. So are we all in agreement then? As the errata has now corrected it, it says mm-hmm. different. See, but okay, maybe there's still an argument to be made that my my interpretation of the of the thunder plus yes could still yeah. maybe apply here, right? Because because different just means like yeah, there's different effects for each additional round that you that this goes on. It doesn't say anything about eliminating the two d six thunder damage, but. What I'm hearing you say, Joe, mm, is DM yeah. discretion. <laughs> and I want to create like a meme with your face on it that just says DM discretion and then just like plug Dungeons and Dragons questions at the at the beginning. I, I mean, this podcast yeah, should just be called DM now. discretion. <laughs> uh, Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Oh. Make it up as you go. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I got to get the gavel. I think we've solved this one. Um as much as I, and to punish Tyler, to punish you, Tyler, you must do the different, yeah. not the additional. Yeah, actually, you can't take this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no, you can. It's okay, Tyler. Um, all right, yes. Yeah, so we all hold unanimous court that, as stated in the errata, the different means it's different, not additional. Case closed. All right, that feels like a lame one. To, I'm sorry, everyone. Okay. Um, <laughs> Now, now a fun one. We go from ninth level spells all the way down to cantrips. Yeah. C- case number two. Um, this is uh, shape water slash mold earth versus player. Can you use the mold earth cantrip or the shape water cantrip to make a path? And if so, how practical is it? Mm. What do you guys think? Hawk thoughts. Hawk thoughts. That sounds Hawk like Hawk thoughts. That sounds oh like that should that's be a podcast. Be my, uh, that's going to yeah. be my we just new, uh, new vlog channel <laughs> where I give random thoughts on current political situations. Welcome to Hawk Thoughts. The catch thoughts. is that, like, no matter what I'm talking about, it always comes back to how much I love 40k. Warhammer. Yeah. Warhammer. Warhammer. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, is and this another like, math term? I don't know. And I was like, yeah, I love $40,000 yeah, too. I mean, I, 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 I was like, that sounds great. It's, do you know how many problems I could solve with $40,000? Like two. <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You choose a portion of dirt or stone. This is mold earth um, that you can see within range and that fits within a five foot cube. You manipulate it in one of the following ways. Um, you, so for mold earth, I think the one that this question was submitted by Andrew, um, a friend of the show. Um, uh, you can friend of the friend court. of the court. Um, if you target an area of loose earth, you can instantaneously excavate it, move it along the ground and deposit it up to five feet away. Um but it, that force doesn't have enough to cause damage. So the limitation, and there's two other limitations, but this one, um, you could also cause uh, ground to become difficult terrain or difficult terrain to become normal terrain if it's already difficult terrain. Um, and that lasts for one hour. Um, if you cast this spell multiple times, this is the, sort of the key limitation, you can have no more than two of its non-instantaneous effects active at the same time. Meaning if you were going to um you could like move i guess that means you can move two chunks of earth you can target an area of loose earth you can instantaneously well then so like are are we imagining like a a path being created like as you walk so like you create one and then you step on it and then you create another and you step on it and then you like dispel the one behind you and then keep moving like that i think so yeah then that sounds awesome the question really becomes what do they mean by like what do they mean by path like are they talking like how you and your adventurers can make All right, difficult so terrain into yeah, yeah, yeah. regular okay. terrain. You have magma on either side of you. <laughs> <laughs> and in between an area where where it, it just meets and just, just barely forms. It's not full magma, but it can do some damage. And you use mold earth to make a path. So like can you do so like you I mean, like that's so a, like you cool and solidify the magma into like rocks that you can walk on. Yeah, I mean, it's earth, right? Mm-hmm. But I guess that has to be loose. Maybe that was a bad example. Well, I mean, earth. if we're... <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true. I mean, if we're going by... Uh, if we're going by Faerun's and, like, the Forgotten Realms lore, no. Uh, because the because the Mold Earth spell is most likely utilizing magic from the plane of earth, whereas magma would be earth affected by the plane of fire. So... Y- Look at this. This is good. This is going oh above both of our heads. <laughs> this you're pulling in stuff. No, that is I totally way... get it. God, I did my thesis. <laughs> <Calm down. laughs> so you turned you turned in your thesis on the on the PhD. intricacies of planar magic, and your law teacher was like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Anna, uh, what do you what do you think? Do you think I I think hell yeah. I think you know what. Any way I can make a cantrip more awesome and useful, good for me. Why wouldn't I, I be? Able I mean, to I'd do that? Ha- I'd have to agree with that. Like rule of cool abides always. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't see why you wouldn't be able to make a path. What I'm thinking is that it would be you- a pain if the DM was like, describe every single time. <laughs> right, <laughs> like a little square. You're clear. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, you. And now this five feet, I move three rocks to the left and seven rocks to the right. I think the main problem here would come from the stipulation at the bottom of the spell. If you cast this spell Mm -hmm. multiple times, you can have no more than two of its non-instantaneous effects active at a time. Which means you would have like a rock of magma. You'd step onto it, cast it again to make another rock for part of the path. Step onto that, and then you'd have to dismiss the previous one to create a new one. Which right. means that right. if you get deep enough into the into the lake of boiling hot magma, eventually you would make the stone, step on it, and then it would immediately sink. Right. 
I, what? So like you because could make would... you could make a path, but eventually you would get so far into the pool. Oh, the magma of, would catch up with you. Uh, yeah, like you would step well, like, on it, and you'd be too heavy for the stone to stay lifted because you couldn't make a pillar from the bottom of the magma pool. Right, because if you were uh... deleting it as you went. So, like, let's use shape water as an example. Um, so one one of the effects is you freeze water in a five-foot cube, provided there are no creatures in it, and it unfreezes in an hour. Um, if you were so if you were to keep casting that, now that one is an instant, is an instant uh, what you're thinking, like you, you freeze a little like shellfish and like, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, 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 I'm thinking I'm thinking as an as a jerk DM and being like, I'm sorry, you can't do that. There's a uh, fish living in it. <laughs> Just yeah, rejected. Roll, roll a D one hundred, and only on a one hundred are you one hundred percent sure there are no sea monkeys living in that five foot cube of water. But what about the plankton? <laughs> well, like so. So I think like like yeah. If you were just to create a five foot block in like an ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe at the first few, it makes sense for the 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 ice to sort of stay in place but as you get further out it's just going to sink uh, to the you're to just the well, I mean that ice floats bro uh, yeah so. that Anna's right that's actually debatable <laughs> if the ice is that sounds great that sounds like you made a boat of ice yeah and now you're going to cross an ocean excellent ice, I mean why would you make, I, mean, I mean what do you think an iceberg <laughs> is I don't Joe? know <laughs> icebergs are Where murderers the icebergs sink in the water that's called melting listen i don't have a lot of experience in the arctic even that's though okay, right? my ice cubes float in water it's fine <laughs> um okay at the end of the day how practical would it be it probably wouldn't unless you're going across a shallow a shallow mm-hmm. form of water mm. any kind like if you're trying to cross a river eventually you would get out far enough that the river's flow would just start drifting the ice flows you make and like taking you off course. Which, or, is which sounds cool. awesome, honestly. <laughs> that just sounds so I mean, cool. And this is like, I love this idea just for the narrative. All right. I am I'm, I'm here for it. I feel like, and, I feel yeah. like what we're, th- what they're thinking of when they ask this question is like, it could actually be like a genuine, like first or second level spell, but like amped up. Sure, like, to like do something that powerful, like make a make a land bridge or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's if you're trying to like just clear difficult terrain to make a path. I think that's certainly practical and like would be a really good use of this cantrip. But anything more than that eh, seems kind of. If if any of my characters tries <laughs> tries to do this to like cross an ocean, they're gonna take like three levels of exhaustion. Because imagine only if you three. Actually- oh, wow. Yeah, you should make them just nice, keep rolling. That's terrible. <laughs> just to keep rolling constitution <laughs> to see how exhausted you are crossing an ocean. <laughs> the magma one, it's like your third square. You're automatically as exhausted as you possibly can be. You're just dead. You're now, done. You're done. <laughs> and now using mold, going back to mold earth, uh, using it to cross a small chasm, that could be interesting. Mm, because you could yes. use you could use mold earth to like make the rocks and stone on either side of the chasm stretch out into at least like platforms or the starting of a bridge which would make it easier to jump across that's true yeah that see that there you go that now what's the range on moldus is it 30 feet i believe yeah yeah 30 feet um so now that is a really so as long as you're not trying to jump a canyon you're fine (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that is a really smart. There you go. That's a really smart use of this spell. So I'm going to agree with you, Hawk. Yeah, absolutely. You can use yep. it to make a path. 
And it can also be practical sometimes. Just depends. And if you're in Anna's game, she'll let you do whatever the fuck you want. Honestly, yeah. It's going to be a wild ride, guys. I, I, I cast Storm of Vengeance and then use Mold Earth to walk my way across. Um, I cast Storm okay. of Vengeance and now I cast Mold Earth to make a dome over myself and hide. <laughs> Good luck, everyone else. Um, well, I think we're in agreement with that. So case closed. Thank you, Andrew, for the question. Um, yeah, it's time to time to chillax, sit back, get your Mai Tai. Yeah. So I love these two, both of these questions, Hawk, Mm -hmm. that you you sent to us. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Okay. First discussion topic one. Do I also read these, Anna? Yeah. Okay. Would you like me to do an epic voice for you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm... I'm fully satisfied by the epicness of your voice thus far. Um, but how how do you deal with rules lawyers, rules lawyers that constantly question DM choices or point out errors? Are these stick, sticklers actually beneficial to the game? So Hawk, well, maybe Hawk? do you want to talk about why? Yeah, talk about why this. For who do you know. hate? Give us. The <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple. Sarah. Of- no Sarah. <laughs> oh my god not sarah she's so sweet heck no um there are a couple people in my gaming group who are or used to be rules lawyers they will constantly like like demand that we use the exact wordings that we do it exactly right and like if something goes wrong they will stop the game look up the rule and figure out like this is how it's supposed to be done this is what we're supposed to be doing with these particular rules <laughs> And it's like, I'm just so excited. We're in the middle. Question. Like yeah. you're in the middle of fighting a goddamn dragon. Can you please shut the hell up? We're busy. <laughs> Let shit yeah. happen. I don't know anyone like that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anna, what do you think? <laughs> Obnoxious AF. <laughs> I appreciate someone with a intricate and vast knowledge of the rules i appreciate that and and when i eventually start to dm i will appreciate having joe at my table to help (laughs) me uh when i don't know things but oh my god (laughs) joe okay okay listen listen here's the thing i try so hard I bite my tongue as much as possible. But here's here's the other thing that I know. And I apologize because, Clint, I know you listen to this. But but he has been on the receiving end of a lot of my rules lawyering. But, Clint, that's because he has, like, seven different versions of the game in his brain. And, like, at any given time is, like, trying oh, no. to recall rule sets of, like, and, it like, it's a lot, right? But, like, so so I am trying to to, to the best of my ability to take the approach of if it's something that like they got wrong that I could tell the DM maybe like either doesn't want to do the thing that they think is wrong because they misunderstand the rule. Or if it's something that like is just really quick, be like, Oh, actually no, like this is like, this is what would happen. And it could like drastically change the outcome of something. Then I usually interject. And I, and the reason is because in my games, I love when my players correct me. I am always, I, and the person says, Oh wait, let's take a minute. Let's look it up. I, to me, I don't, I mean, like at the end of the day, we're playing a game and like, there's 
I like I totally get that you don't want to inter- interrupt the dragon, or whatever. But like, there's no dr- actual dragon there. Like, I'm okay saying, <laughs> give me one second, look up the spell, look up the thing, and say, oh, you're right, because I always want to give the benefit of doubt of the doubt to my players, um, because if they don't get to do something that I messed up, it like kills the fun for them. And then I, as a player, I admit, and I admit this is my fault as a player. I have a lot of anxiety about about not knowing what to expect in a game. So there's a reason why I really love to like rely on the rule, the actual wording of the rules, because I know if I cast this spell, it's then it's going to have this effect or I have to make this ability check. And if the DM says, okay, make some other ability check or, or make a saving throw, it's like, wait a minute, but that's not what the spell does. And like, I planned all of my other actions around this one thing. So for me, it's it's an issue of like, okay, you rule that way this time. Are you going to rule that way in the future or not? And if you are, how am I going to adjust my play style as a result? So that's the calculus that goes. And I admit it's a crazy and like I am working as hard as I can to just shut the fuck up and let <laughs> the DM just do their job. I'm really sorry about it. But I think that the DMs that I, even if the players, Anna, sometimes get annoyed by it. <laughs> I do think that the DMs that I play with um, overall generally appreciate it. I, I have never actually been annoyed, <laughs> except except the last time that we did uh, Icewind Dale. <laughs> and then I felt like shit after. Okay, so like I held an oh, action and I and accidentally see, also oh, held a bonus action. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. This is the perfect example. And now Anna, who was sort of saying, come on, whatever. Now you're... Okay, so I... I held my tongue in this instance. I just want everyone to know. But I you didn't. My... Yes, I did. I held fight, my. Fight, you were like, okay, fight, all right, all right, fight. all right. Okay, uh, sorry. And Anna, then I interrupted Clint you. had to be like, Clint had to be like, <laughs> nope, nope, let it go, nope. And then I was sitting there like, oh my god, like what did I do? Wait, retell, retell. I interrupted you. Like okay, a yes, okay. We're fighting. I I held an action, and then when the event happened, I I did an offhand attack as well, so that was a bonus action, and I forgot that you can't hold bonus actions. And before I, like, as I was doing that, Joe was like, ah, and then Clint, who I think knew exactly what you were about to say, was just like, nope, nope just let it go. And then you were like, and oh, I did. okay. And I did. Yeah, but then that whole action and then the rest of the battle, I was like, what the fuck did I do? What did I do wrong? And then when I realized it, I was like, <laughs> so embarrassed. It's <laughs> like, I have a podcast about the rules of <laughs> and Dragons. And then I forgot you can't hold a bonus action. <laughs> to be fair, I will say earlier, like the round before you in that combat Clint held a bonus action for the creature, which I didn't yeah. say anything about because who knows, maybe that creature can do That's, that. Right? Yeah. I mean, maybe so he like, can do that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. But yeah. And, and that was me trying to, so like I, I tried to stop myself, <laughs> but see, aren't you glad now that you know the rule? No, I knew the rule then, but I would have rather you've been like <laughs> BT dubs afterwards. You can't hold a bonus action instead of being like, Oh, at the table outside of that moment i have never once been annoyed that you brought up a rule (laughs) (laughs) you actually don't do it all that much that i'm probably making our listeners think that you do but (laughs) you're actually really reasonable (laughs) well and i will say that i off i think i really offset it by always listening to what my the 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 concerns my players have in game while we're playing so 
That's that's my take. You're asking two lawyers, Hawk, whether what they think <laughs> are rules lawyers. Okay. <laughs> so wait, so do you like okay, so let's say maybe can you give how an do you example? Deal with them? Yeah, like how do you Generally generally speaking, I I like to know the rules because I I don't have like a photographic memory. I can't remember all the rules, like just off off the cuff. So like having someone there who knows them all is incredibly helpful. Uh, my uh, one of my regular players, Nate, is like that. He's memorized almost everything in fifth edition. So like if I don't know something, I'll just be like, Nate, what's the thing? And he'll be like, Got it, here it is. <laughs> but there are like I have had other players who will like specifically countermand me like in the middle of like a cinematic moment or like when I'm oh. just when I'm just doing a thing with like a homebrew spell that like my players have never seen before, they will call me out on using that homebrew spell and say like, <laughs> "No, that's not a real thing." It's like, "Of course, it's not oh, a real that's, thing." That's one I thing. made I it. Mean, yeah, if you if you make a homebrew ability, like fuck your fuck your players, like yeah, yeah. that's different. Um, and, and like yeah, I I think. <laughs> I, I think I tend to only to only really sort of interject if it if it really would be sort of like unbalanced or something, because I know like I make mistakes all the time. And I know at the end of the day, most people have a general understanding of the rules. I just I don't know. I know what it's like to to be a lawyer in a situation where the judge is making really fucking <clears throat> stupid mistakes. And you're like, uh, moron, why don't you look at the statute? That's not what it says. So I like to be humble in that respect as a dm and say well, i could be completely wrong well now i have a question can you like have you actually done that in court said i wish said you're a fucking moron look at the statute no nope. he still has a license so no for now mm -hmm. i'm not a litigator anymore which which maybe that's why um, well I hope that the rules lawyers at your table listen to this and um, maybe they'll shut up about questioning your <laughs> abilities, which I completely agree with you about. Um, yeah, what the hell? How dare they? <laughs> How dare you question this thing I made up last night? <laughs> um, okay, so moving on. I love, love, love this question. Is there such a thing as too much multi-classing does it result in characters that are too powerful and defeat the purpose of struggling or is it taking every advantage available to the player hawk how did this question come up so nate who i just mentioned <laughs> once ran a character in a uh, ravnica campaign who mm -hmm. was like when like when we reached fifth level he took his fourth class Oh my god. He oh was my like god. he was like level 2 fighter, level 1 wizard, level 1 rogue, and then he took a level of like I think warlock to get eldritch blast. Mm. And that was it. After that he would just level up like one of those four classes and the only thing he would ever do was run into the fight eldritch blasting and then like <laughs> like casting green flame blade to cut people while he cut them with the sword, Eldritch blasted whoever was far away, and if anyone dared to come up to him, mage armor and uh, shield. Ooh. I so, could not kill him. 
Well, wait, wait, wait. How did, <laughs> how did, how did he green flame? Because green bla- flame blade and Eldritch Blast are actions. So oh, how did, did he action surge? I'm being hyperbolic. But oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Oh, oh. Like, okay. <laughs> you can't be hyperbolic with lawyer uh, rules, lawyers. A rules lawyer at his finest. <laughs> Um, actually, that's not allowed. Excuse so. me. Um, actually, if you look, if you if you check the War Mage rules from Xanathar's Guide, you will find that they have an additional bonus action per turn for the purposes of casting spells. <laughs> they don't actually, but still, like, yeah. That was that was kind of the premise of his character. Like he was a melee beast. He would get into melee with people, slice them apart continuously, and if anyone tried to hit them back, he would have, like, any number of spells ready to say, uh, no. No, you don't do that. You can't do that. Eventually, it got to the point where he was counterspelling my my enemy casters. Not to stop them, but just because he could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, wait, do you, let me ask, Hawk, are you a multi-classer when you play as a PC, if you can? When I play as a PC, I try to go single class. Mm. I I like to go level one to twenty. Sure. I so I love multiclassing, and mostly because I think it allows you a way to make a really dynamic character. So I usually do it for as much as I do it for a mechanical purpose. I do it for a role play purpose. So. But but admittedly, like, yeah, my goal is to make a, a good character, which is why I have a multi-class cleric wizard. Hello, that mm-hmm. is a wizard with a base AC of 17. So you cast <laughs> shield and I'm at 22 at third level. I mean, yeah, like it's it's really good. But I th- I tend to believe that that the 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 things you have to give up for multi-classing which is you have a really delayed you know ability score improvements you have all of these things delayed make up for the fact that like you might be getting access to really cool things um i uh one of the few times i've ever multi-classed was like that mm-hmm. i was playing a druid in 3.5 who was bitten by a werewolf she uh eventually like succumb to it like would turn into a werewolf and i decided like you know for fluff reasons she's getting physically stronger so i would have i I gave her a couple levels in fighter and it just made her like melee and wild shape and werewolf abilities a bit stronger at the cost of her like spell casting potential and then uh, i if i remember correctly she wound up getting exploded by a hag. <laughs> oh, and, that's no big deal. And then I and then I brought in my drow sword sage who wound up finishing the campaign. And he was fun. Because he was <laughs> because he was basically a wizard fighter and that was it. Yeah. And and 3.5 really I mean you really kind of have to multi-class, right? Oh my god. It kind of it, it kind of really 3.5 is a disaster and everyone should try it at least once. I, yeah, I don't really know <laughs> it well. It, so. Yeah, I, I don't know it. So, oh my God. So yeah. I, one of one of the best ways I've found to describe 3.5 was uh, one, of, one of my friends and I were in a campaign and it was, it was like a one shot. And uh, he was playing a kobold and I was, I was playing, I think I was playing a human fighter. 
but like <laughs> I was using an obscure feat that let my fighter use like four swords at the same time. Oh my. <laughs> and it was like two in his hands, one that he was like like kicking around. Yeah, and I want to know where the fourth the third sword one, was kept. And he had the third one like in his mouth, uh, Zoro style. Damn and right. it was like, it was absolutely ridiculous. Oh my god. And then like three levels in, his character achieved godhood. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that is a lot for a character to go through. Um, okay, so Anna... I know that you have yet. To, well, you've played one multi-class character, but yeah, but it was in a one shot. Right. So, and I, yeah, I, I feel like I didn't get to like fully experience, and we're gonna fully experience. We're gonna yeah, go into but, that. Yeah, I'm excited later on. But what? Okay, what do you so, mean we're gonna go into that? Into multi-classing later oh. on in raw school. It's, yes, it's in raw school, up. we are gonna be talking. It's coming uh, up. It's coming. So, but yeah. I'm a, I'm about to yeah. do my first. Uh, multi-class. Joe and I have talked about it for my character, Iso, yeah. who's a paladin right now, and she's gonna be... Wait, maybe I should... Yeah. I know, I don't want to spoil it, never mind. But but what are your thoughts, I guess, on, on multi-class characters? Uh, you know, there is a way to take advantage, and I think that, like, the character that Hawk described <laughs> is, is, is very close to that. I think if you're gonna multi-class, it makes sense to be, like, two classes. Anything more than that, um, and then at that point, you're just like, you're just being indecisive. <laughs> <laughs> you just just pick a thing, okay? Um, or, or like, I, I think that it feels too much like gaming the system. Mm. Um, and that there is, there's probably a purpose that not every class gets everything. And the whole point of that is that you have to like overcome, you know, certain, okay, I, I am a sorcerer, so I'm not as strong at melee. How do I overcome that? Okay, great. I have to rely on my team members that are better at that. And then I lend them magic, you know, and so that it like builds teamwork if one character isn't capable of like all the things. Mm -hmm. um, so I I completely understand the like appeal of multi-classing. I'm excited to try it out myself uh, just like because I know that there's uh, you know, when you get far enough into a character and you're like, I really wish I could just do a little bit more of this. Right. Um, and then that's, you know, that's the way that you achieve that. And and as Joe and I have discussed it, like if you can integrate that into the actual narrative mm -hmm. and build the story a little bit around how they pick up that other class and it's not just like something that the character comes with, that's even better. Um, but I I don't I'm not the I'm not the biggest fan of like taking advantage of that uh opportunity to like create crazy powerful characters. Right. Well, on that topic, I think that's why uh in 3rd and 3.5 they had prestige classes. Mm -hmm. uh, I know some right. of you young'uns may not remember these <laughs> from the good old days of D&D. <laughs> but uh prestige classes were essentially like compact specialty classes. They were like five or 10 levels that you could take as part of your multi-class kit. But like they had prerequisites that you had to fulfill before you could take them. Like one of the most iconic ones was the arcane archer. And in order to qualify for it, you had to be a fighter and you had to have like some spell casting capability. Like it wasn't much. It was like the ability to cast first level spells. And then you had to be like elf, half elf, or human. And then 
like all it would do would allow you to imbue your spell slots into like arrows and then shoot them and then cause magical things to happen or something along those lines. Sure. Yeah. And basically like it wasn't much, but for a character you wanted to build who could do that, it was really cool because it was exactly <laughs> what you wanted to do. And then fifth edition kind of like wrapped prestige classes into the subclass system. Mm. So like, they kind of did away with it. Sure. And I, and like, I honestly think that kind of sucks because pres- <laughs> like personal bias here. I think prestige classes were real freaking neat. And <laughs> I wish that they would bring them back in some way because it offered a lot of like, like basically it was goals. Like it was something to work for because <laughs> you could like, you could never start with a prestige class unless you were starting at like 10th level. Sure. And mm-hmm. I like that sort of fits in, Anna, with what you're saying about like, yeah, when you're in a class, you need to achieve goals to overcome. Like you need to you need to overcome certain things to really excel at what what your class can do. Like if you're a rogue, you're not going to be doing huge AOE damage, but the wizard who's super squishy in your party can. So like let them do that while you focus on something else. Right. Um, um, excuse me. If you're not doing huge AOE damage as a rogue, you're uh, playing an assassin, not a rogue. A good Wait, rogue... A good rogue has bombs, explosives, <laughs> and knows how to turn the environment against their opponents. Interesting. You see that building? Gonna... You see that building over there, sir? I'm going to make it fall on you. Hey, I 100. If you if you can do that, go for it. Um, like, uh, my in my Salt Marsh campaign, my rogue player Quinn, uh, his character actually did that. <laughs> He That's brought fucking like, awesome. He brought down a construction crane onto a silver golem that they were fighting, and it was awesome. That I've never done anything that cool <laughs> <laughs> in or out of D and D. No, but I think I love multiclassing. I I think it's okay to take two or more classes. Uh, there are restrictions though, right? Like you need to have a thirteen in any number of ability scores to multiclass in or out of a class. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, um, like I'm building this. I've talked about it before. This this moon druid uh, totem barbarian. Well, that's not a really optimized class at all because you need to have high constitution, high dex, high strength, and high wisdom. So. I'm really having to spread out my ability scores and I can't be a dex based fighter because I need at least 13 strength and it just makes more sense to have higher strength. So I guess my whole theory is I don't want to limit a player's creativity, but if you're doing it just to build this like funky thing that could do 7 million things and it doesn't, and it doesn't make sense narratively, like, Mm. I'm gonna as your DM, I'm gonna say this has to make sense narratively. Doesn't Otherwise, make sense narratively, you know, like reaching godhood at third level. <laughs> That's a thing, apparently. I think I've reached godhood at first level. <laughs> I came to the table as a god, so I mean, have, haven't we all though? I certainly haven't, because you should see me roll hawk because. Gods don't it roll. Is, as it is low not good. As I, <laughs> I did pretty well last week. I will say you did. Or yeah, this Wednesday. Um, well, that's probably all the time that we have, Hawk. Yeah, this has been so great having you with us. This has been. It was so fun. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Yay, Hawk! Do you want to? Do you want to plug anything? Uh, yes, I'm gonna plug myself. Uh, yeah, that sounds dirty. 
<laughs> if you'd like to hire me, I'm available. Uh, <laughs> hire me to run a game for you. That that yes. voice yeah. is a whole different kind of dungeon master voice. All right. Yep. Oh my god, my girlfriend. Yep. My girlfriend likes to tell people at work that she fell for her dungeon master, and then like <laughs> laugh at the crazy looks they give her. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yes. Um. You can follow me at Hawk Johansson on Twitter. Uh, I have a pinned tweet that is like my, basically my commission prices to run sessions, campaigns, one shots, or help you build your own campaign or world. I've got nice. plenty of experience for anyone who's looking to, you know, get started or just wants to play a character. Like if you're a forever DM, come to me. I will help you. <laughs> <laughs> and we we will tag you and. Uh... Prison Blade. Awesome. So. Thank Absolutely. you so much. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been so great having you. Well, <laughs> until next time, court is adjourned. That's me talking Italian. That's beautiful Italian. Thank you. It's not actually Italian. It's I just know. <laughs> me being. Tortellini. 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 Tortellini Ferracini Lamborghini. That's definitely that, that Parks means, and Rec. <laughs> yeah. That means um, uh, what high school did you go to in Italian? Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>